In the observatory's stillness, Dr. Mark Evans, a man whose sharp features bore witness to years of scrutinizing the cosmos, leaned closer to the telescope. His eyes, accustomed to the dance of distant stars, narrowed as he focused on an anomaly, a celestial interloper trespassing into Earth's familiar nightscape. This comet, absent from any known astronomical catalogue, challenged conventional understanding with its glowing core and the unusual mist that trailed behind it like a ghostly veil. The observatory, a fortress of solitude perched on a remote hill, had been Mark's sanctuary. Here, among the stars, he found peace away from the world's clamour. But tonight, the universe presented him with a riddle wrapped in a comet's icy shroud. His fingers danced across the keyboard, recording observations, his mind racing with possibilities. This was no ordinary comet. As the nights passed, Mark's discovery, initially a footnote in the astronomical community, burgeoned into a global sensation. The comet, christened Vortex, became a fixture in the media. Amateur stargazers and professional astronomers alike were captivated by its unpredictable trajectory. But Vortex's influence extended beyond mere curiosity. As it drew nearer, its presence seemed to seep into the very psyche of humanity. People from all corners of the globe, regardless of culture or creed, began to experience a shared phenomenon, a vivid recurring dream that transcended the boundaries of sleep. This dream was no ephemeral fantasy. It was a journey to an alien world, so tangible it left dreamers gasping upon awakening. They spoke of vast, undulating landscapes, shrouded in a twilight born of a sun unlike their own. Towering structures punctuated these dreamscapes, their surfaces gleaming with an unknown mineral's sheen. Under a sky littered with unfamiliar constellations, dreamers wandered, feeling an inexplicable sense of homecoming. These nocturnal odysseys were shared in silent tones over morning coffee, in online forums, and across news networks. The world, it seemed, was dreaming in unison, a dream sown by the wandering comet Vortex. As Vortex's ethereal mist swirled through the void crossing the threshold of Earth's atmosphere, it brought with it a change. A silent transformation began to ripple through humanity, an awakening to something ancient yet new, familiar yet utterly alien. The dreams were just the beginning. Jenna, a young artist with a cascade of auburn hair and eyes as deep and thoughtful as the ocean, lived in a world of canvas and colour in her cramped city apartment. The walls, adorned with her abstract interpretations of urban life, bore witness to her struggle between artistic passion and the reality of making ends meet. But as the comet Vortex graced the night sky, her world shifted, colours blending into the unknown shades of dreams. Each night, as the city lights dimmed and the world outside her window surrendered to slumber, Jenna found herself transported. In her dreams, she walked on foreign soil under a sky that sang with a symphony of unfamiliar stars. The dreamscape revealed colossal structures, their forms confronting her artistic understanding. These were not creations of earthly hands, but of a civilization far removed from any human architect's imagination. The structures towered over her, casting sinuous shadows across the alien terrain. They were monumental, 
crafted from materials that glowed with an ethereal light, surfaces etched with intricate, unknown symbols. Jenna walked among them, feeling both an intruder in a sacred realm and a child returning to a forgotten home. What was most disconcerting, yet fascinating, was the realism of these dreams. They were vivid patterns woven from the threads of a paranormal reality, each detail imprinted in her mind with startling clarity. The coolness of the alien breeze against her skin, the soft give of the soil beneath her feet, the haunting melody that seemed to emanate from the very air around her. It was a sensory feast, more vivid than any waking moment spent in the confines of her studio. With each passing night, the dreams intensified, not just in their vividness, but in the emotions they evoked. Jenna awoke each morning with a lingering sense of longing, a yearning for a place she had never known yet missed with an intensity that bordered on heartache. This inexplicable pull towards the comet, towards the source of these nocturnal journeys, filled her days with a restlessness that could not be quelled by brush or palette. In an attempt to make sense of it all, Jenna turned to her art. Her studio transformed into a meticulous study of her dreamscapes. Her hands, guided by memories etched into her subconscious, moved with precision. She sketched the towering structures, their impossible angles and mystical beauty flowing onto the canvas with an ease that startled her. It was as if her hands were conduits for a vision far grander than her own, translating the language of the cosmos into strokes of paint and charcoal. In a modest home adorned with military accolades and faded photographs of a decorated past, retired General Carl Thompson grappled with an unforeseen adversary. His life, defined by discipline and vivid recollections of battles fought and victories won, began to unravel in a way that left him feeling as though he was losing grip on reality. Carl, a man whose presence commanded respect with his silver hair and stern, weathered face, now spent his days in a deepening fog of confusion. His war memories, once as sharp as the medals on his uniform, began to fade into the background like old photographs bleached by the sun. In their place, uninvited and unsettling, were flashes of a world that Carl knew he had never visited, yet somehow felt hauntingly familiar. These memories were not his own, yet they invaded his mind with the precision of a well-planned military operation. He would sit by his window, his eyes distant and searching, trying to piece together the fragments of his past that seemed to slip away like sand through his fingers. The memories of alien landscapes were vivid and disorienting. He saw towering structures of unknown architecture, felt the strange texture of non-earthly soil underfoot, and gazed upon skies that no human eye should know. Carl's story was repeated in whispered confessions and hesitant admissions across the globe. People from all walks of life found themselves losing pieces of their personal histories, their identities slowly eroding like cliffs against a relentless sea. In place of these lost memories were snippets of a life not lived, visions of a world that belonged to the realm of science fiction. Alongside these invasive memories came a tide of knowledge that was as inexplicable as it was advanced. Individuals with no prior expertise in complex fields 
suddenly found themselves imbued with a deep understanding of subjects like quantum mechanics, bioengineering, and astrophysics. It was as if the comet, Vortex, was an active participant in reshaping the minds it encountered. These changes sparked fear. Scientists and scholars marveled at the sudden leaps in understanding. How could a celestial body, a mere comet, impart such profound and targeted alterations in human cognition? Dr. Mark Evans, hunched over a cluttered desk in the observatory's control room, pored over the latest data streaming in from the sensors directed at Vortex. The comet, a glowing harbinger in the night sky, was a puzzle that consumed Mark's every waking moment. His eyes, red from countless sleepless nights, scanned the graphs and numbers, searching for a clue to the inexplicable changes happening on Earth. The breakthrough came unexpectedly. As Mark analyzed the spectral readings of Vortex's mist, a pattern emerged. The mist contained particles, unknown, unclassified, and seemingly impossible. These particles, according to his data, exhibited properties that suggested they were interacting with human consciousness. An idea so revolutionary, it bordered on science fiction. It appeared that Vortex was actively engaging with it, infusing an alien intelligence into the minds of the human population. This infusion was rewriting parts of their minds, altering memories, and bestowing advanced knowledge. The comet was, in essence, reshaping humanity from the inside. Eager for a second opinion, Mark reached out to Dr. Sarah Jennings, a renowned neuroscientist known for her groundbreaking work on cognitive function. Sarah, with her keen intellect and pragmatic approach to science, had always been a voice of reason in the realm of speculative theories. Meeting in the quiet of Mark's office, surrounded by stacks of astronomical texts and star charts, he presented his findings. Sarah, her brown eyes reflecting a mind that was always analyzing, always questioning, listened intently. Skepticism played at the edges of her thoughts, but the data was compelling, even to her scientific rigor. This could change everything we know about the human mind, Sarah murmured, the weight of the statement hanging in the air like a promise or a threat. The fabric of what constituted human consciousness the sacred sanctuary of individual thought and experience was being altered by an external, alien force. The room felt smaller as the enormity of their discovery settled around them. If Mark's analysis was correct, they were standing at the precipice of a new era in human evolution, unwittingly guided by the cosmic dance of a comet. Their conversation deepened, probing into the realms of what this meant for humanity's future. Ethical questions intertwined with scientific curiosity. Was this an opportunity for unparalleled advancement, or a Pandora's box of unforeseen consequences? The line between the two blurred as they contemplated a future where the human mind might no longer be solely a product of earthly experiences, but a fusion of interstellar intervention. In the wake of Vortex's mysterious influence over Earth, a movement began to take shape, coalescing around the charismatic figure of Alexander. With his tall stature, commanding presence, and penetrating gaze, Alexander quickly became the focal point of a group that called themselves the Children of Vortex. His voice, 
deep and resonant, spoke of connection and destiny, drawing in those who felt the comet's pull most acutely. Alexander, with his silver tongue and unwavering conviction, claimed a unique communion with the alien presence associated with the comet. He spoke of visions and messages, delivered in the stillness of dreams direct from the heart of Vortex. To his followers, he was a prophet, a bridge between humanity and the cosmic forces that had begun to shape their world. The gatherings of the children of Vortex started small, a collection of individuals drawn together by shared experiences and a desire to understand the changes they were undergoing. They met in secluded parks under the cloak of night, their voices a murmur in the darkness, discussing the dreams, the knowledge infusion, and the sense of purpose that now drove them. As word spread, their numbers swelled. The cult's ideology, a design of New Age mysticism and fervent belief in Vortex's benevolent guidance, resonated with those who felt adrift in a world that was rapidly changing. The children spoke of a new era, a time when humanity would shed its earthly limitations and embrace a destiny written in the stars. They saw themselves as the vanguard of this evolution, chosen by the cosmos to lead humanity into a brighter, more enlightened future. Alexander's teachings wove together the threads of the unexplained phenomena occurring around the globe. He spoke of the memory losses as a cleansing of outdated human constraints, the infusion of knowledge as a gift from a higher intelligence, and the dreams as windows into a greater reality. Under his guidance, the Children of Vortex became a movement that began to attract the attention of the media, the public, and those in power. Their meetings, once overlooked as the harmless gatherings of an eccentric cult, now took on a new significance. The children's message, amplified by Alexander's charismatic leadership, spread beyond the confines of whispered conversations and clandestine meetings. It reached into the lives of everyday people, challenging their perceptions of reality and their place in the universe. Jenna's small apartment studio transformed into a crucible of creation as she poured the vivid details of her dreams onto canvas after canvas. Each brushstroke was a conduit for the alien landscapes that haunted her nights. Her art blossomed into alien vistas, capturing the ethereal beauty and haunting essence of the dreamscapes delivered by Vortex. As word of her unique artwork spread, curiosity grew, drawing the attention of both art enthusiasts and those touched by the comet's influence. Her exhibition, set in a modest gallery with plain white walls and soft, focused lighting, became a mirror reflecting the collective unconsciousness of a world under Vortex's spell. People wandered through the gallery, their eyes wide with recognition. They whispered among themselves, pointing to features in Jenna's paintings that mirrored their own nocturnal experiences. Her art had captured their emotional resonance each painting a window into a shared cosmic journey. It was during one of these exhibitions that Jenna first met Alexander. He moved through the gallery with a magnetic presence, his eyes lingering on each painting, as if he could hear the silent songs of distant stars in the brushstrokes. When he finally approached Jenna, there was a recognition in his eyes, a sense of unspoken understanding that sent a shiver down her spine. 
Alexander introduced himself with a calm confidence that bordered on arrogance, yet there was an underlying warmth to his demeanor that softened his imposing presence. As they spoke, Jenna found herself both intimidated and captivated by his intensity. He spoke of her art as if it were a key, a bridge between the human world and the greater cosmos that Vortex heralded. You've captured something profound, Jenna, Alexander said, his voice low and resonant. These aren't just dreams on canvas. They're messages, insights into a grand design. You and I and many others, we've been chosen for a purpose. His words, spoken with the conviction of a true believer, resonated with Jenna. She had felt it too, the sense of being part of something larger, a cosmic narrative unfolding with each dream. Yet there was a part of her, grounded in the reality of her life as an artist, that wrestled with the consequences of what Alexander was suggesting. He talked about the children of Vortex, inviting her to join their gatherings, to share her art and experiences. He spoke of a community that understood, that had embraced their role in this cosmic evolution. It was a tempting offer, an opportunity to explore the deeper meaning behind the dreams that had so thoroughly transformed her art and her life. As Vortex, the celestial interloper, continued its dance around Earth's orbit, its presence heralded changes that were nothing short of revolutionary. The world found itself thrust into an era of unprecedented transformation. Technological advancements, which typically took years of research and development, started materializing almost overnight. Breakthroughs in fields like renewable energy, quantum computing and biotechnology were suddenly within grasp. Theories that had confounded the brightest minds were now being unraveled by individuals who, until recently, led ordinary lives devoid of scientific acclaim. A high school teacher in a small town, with no prior experience in engineering, developed a prototype for efficient and clean energy generation. A librarian in a bustling city, previously unversed in the intricacies of molecular biology, penned a groundbreaking paper on gene editing. It was as if the comet's influence had unlocked a wellspring of latent potential, transforming average citizens into prodigies. In the midst of this global renaissance, Dr. Sarah Jennings worked in her lab, her mind a whirlwind of hypotheses and theories. The neurological effects of Vortex's presence were profound and unsettling. It wasn't merely an infusion of knowledge, it was a fundamental reshaping of human consciousness. Through her research, Sarah began to piece together a daunting realization. The human brain was being rewired, its very architecture altered. The changes went beyond enhanced cognitive abilities or expanded knowledge. People were experiencing a restructuring of their neural pathways, leading to altered perceptions, heightened senses, and an expanded awareness that bordered on the extrasensory. If the human mind could be so easily influenced and altered by an external force, what did it mean for the concept of self? Were they still the masters of their thoughts and decisions, or were they being reshaped into something new, something other? Sarah's lab became a nexus for study and debate, drawing in neuroscientists, psychologists and ethicists. They pored over data, engaged in heated discussions, 
and grappled with the moral quandaries posed by this unprecedented phenomenon. The consensus was clear. Humanity was at a tipping point, standing on the brink of an evolutionary leap that was both exhilarating and terrifying. Outside the confines of academic circles and research labs, the world at large grappled with the reality of this transformation. The global community was divided between those who embraced the change as a harbinger of a new age for humanity and those who viewed it with suspicion and fear as a loss of what it fundamentally meant to be human. In a world rapidly transforming under the influence of Vortex, not all viewed the comet's presence as a harbinger of progress. Doubt and fear brewed among those who saw these changes as a perversion of human nature rather than an evolution. It was in this climate of growing unease that a resistance began to coalesce, finding its leader in retired General Carl Thompson. Carl, whose life had been defined by discipline and a clear understanding of friend and foe, viewed Vortex with deep suspicion. To him, the comet was not a celestial benefactor, but an invasive force, one that threatened the very core of human identity. His military background, coupled with a strategic mind honed in the theatres of war, made him a natural leader for those who shared his concerns. The Resistance, a diverse group comprising scientists, former military personnel and civilians, gathered in secret, their meetings charged with urgency and a sense of mission. They shared stories of lost memories, altered personalities, and a fear of losing control over their own minds. In these testimonials, Carl saw not the dawn of a new era, but the erosion of the human will. Mark Evans, driven by a scientist's need to understand and a growing concern over Vortex's true intentions, joined Carl's cause. The alliance between the seasoned soldier and the astronomer was one of necessity, born from a mutual desire to protect humanity from what they perceived as an existential threat. Together, Carl and Mark began to strategize, their meetings a fusion of tactical planning and scientific inquiry. Their goal was clear, to find a way to shield humanity from Vortex's influence, to preserve the sanctity of the human mind. Carl's approach was methodical, drawing on his experience in logistics and warfare. While Mark's contributions were analytical, leveraging his understanding of the comet and its effects. The resistance operated from the shadows, their activities a blend of research and reconnaissance. They reached out to experts in various fields, seeking insights into potential ways to counteract the comet's influence. These efforts ranged from developing technological solutions, such as devices or signals that could block or disrupt Vortex's particles, to exploring more esoteric methods, investigating areas of science that bordered on the speculative. As the resistance grew, so did the challenges they faced. They operated in a world that was increasingly divided, where their actions were viewed by some as a fight for humanity's soul and by others as a refusal to embrace a brighter future. The line between preservation and obstruction was thin, and the resistance walked it with the knowledge that their actions could alter the course of human history. In secret locations, Away from prying eyes and ears, Carl, Mark, and their allies planned their next steps.
They were a group bound by a shared conviction that humanity's fate should be determined by humans, not by the whims of a mysterious cosmic entity. The resistance, under Carl's leadership and Mark's guidance, prepared to make their stand, to confront the unknown consequences of their actions in a world under the shadow of the wandering comet. In the state-of-the-art neuroscience lab, Dr. Sarah Jennings stood on the precipice of a discovery that would challenge the very boundaries of human understanding. The atmosphere was electric with the buzz of activity as her team worked tirelessly, analyzing data, running simulations, and conducting experiments. Sarah's focus was on the mysterious particles emitted by Vortex, which had become the subject of intense study and speculation. These particles, invisible and insidious, had woven their way into the fabric of human cognition, altering minds in ways previously thought impossible. It was a puzzle that consumed her, each piece a clue to an ever-expanding mystery. As she explored deeper into the data, patterns began to emerge, intricate and complex. The particles, it appeared, were not random agents of change, but purposeful architects, reshaping the human mind according to a specific design. It was a revelation that sent a chill down her spine. These changes, they're not arbitrary, it's systematic, targeted, Sarah murmured, her eyes reflecting the glow of the data on her screen. It's like we're being terraformed from the inside out. The word terraformed hung in the air. It conjured images of alien landscapes, of worlds reshaped and remade. But in this context, it was not the Earth that was being transformed, but the people upon it. Humanity was the canvas, and Vortex's particles the artist. When Mark joined her in the lab, the weight of the discovery was evident. The observatory's data, combined with Sarah's neurological research, painted a picture both fascinating and frightening. It was as if Earth was being prepared, its inhabitants being molded to fit into a new, unknown paradigm. This could be the next step in human evolution, an advancement pushed by an external force, Sarah explained. Or it could be something more sinister, a manipulation of our species at the most fundamental level. Mark listened, his mind racing with the astronomical and philosophical ramifications. The comet a silent observer in the night sky, was now a catalyst for change on a global scale. The idea that humanity was being prepared for something suggested intent, a purpose behind the comet's visitation. But what purpose? And to what end? The revelation raised more questions than it answered. Was Vortex a benevolent guide, leading humanity towards a greater destiny? Or was it an intruder, altering the human species for its own unknown agenda. The line between enlightenment and invasion blurred as they grappled with the results of Sarah's discovery. The escalating tension between the children of Vortex and the resistance, led by Carl Thompson, reached a boiling point in a remote field, far from the prying eyes of the world. The location, chosen for its seclusion, bore witness to a confrontation that was as inevitable as it was tragic. It was here that the two groups, embodying diametrically opposed ideologies, came face to face under a sky overshadowed by the comet's silent vigil. Alexander, the charismatic leader of the Children of Vortex, stood at the forefront of his followers. He was a figure of almost messianic aura, 
his eyes burning with the fervor of his beliefs. Behind him, the members of his group, faces etched with conviction, formed a sea of unwavering support. They believed with unshakable faith in the comet's purpose and in their chosen role as heralds of a new epoch for humanity. Carl Thompson, flanked by Mark Evans and other members of the Resistance, exuded steadfast willpower. They were a diverse assembly, united by a common goal, to resist what they perceived as a violation of human sovereignty. Carl, a veteran of conflicts both military and moral, viewed this stand as a battle for the future of the human race. Words sharp as knives were exchanged, with Alexander proclaiming the comet's arrival as the dawn of a new era, and Carl countering with accusations of manipulation and loss of free will. The ideological chasm between the two sides was a gaping moor that no bridge of reason could span. Jenna, who had found herself inadvertently caught in the middle of this ideological war, stood to the side, her heart a turmoil of conflicting emotions. Her art had become a symbol of the very changes that now threatened to tear that world apart. Torn between the inspiring visions that fueled her creativity and the growing unease at the human cost of this cosmic intervention, she felt like a bystander in a play where every role was filled with uncertainty and danger. As the verbal spar escalated, the threat of physical violence loomed. The followers of Alexander, emboldened by their leader's words, faced off against the resistance, whose members gripped their makeshift weapons with fear and resolve. The air was a tinderbox, waiting for a spark. In this moment of heightened tension, the differences between the two groups were distinctly exposed. The children of Vortex, driven by a belief in cosmic destiny, saw themselves as pioneers of a new frontier of human existence. In contrast, the Resistance, anchored in the defense of human autonomy, fought for the preservation of an unaltered humanity. In the shadow of the Vortex, the remote field became an arena for a clash not just of people, but of convictions and existential fears. The tension that had been building between the children of Vortex and the resistance erupted into a chaotic skirmish, a tangible manifestation of the ideological rift that had divided them. Carl Thompson's group, though not soldiers by trade, had the advantage of his military expertise. They moved with a sense of purpose and coordination, a disciplined unit forged from the necessity of their cause. Armed with whatever they could muster, from improvised weapons to a few firearms, they confronted their ideological adversaries with a grim resolve. Karl, at the forefront, was a pillar of fortitude, his years of combat experience evident in his every move and command. Opposite them, the followers of Alexander, though lacking formal training, were driven by a fervent belief in their cosmic destiny. They charged with a zeal that bordered on fanaticism, propelled by the conviction that they were participants in a transcendental shift in human evolution. Alexander, their charismatic leader, was an inspiring figure, his presence igniting a passionate fervor in his followers. The air was electric with the energy of impending conflict, a force that seemed to resonate with the comet's unseen influence. Shouts and cries filled the air, a discordant symphony of anger and fear. 
The two sides collided with a violence that was both physical and symbolic, an outpouring of pent-up emotions and unresolvable disagreements. In the midst of this tumult, Jenna found herself an unwilling witness to the human cost of blind belief and unyielding fear. Her artistic soul, which had reveled in the beauty and mystery of the dreams inspired by Vortex, now recoiled at the stark reality of their consequences. She watched as people who might have once lived in harmony under different circumstances were now locked in a struggle where understanding and compromise seemed like distant, unreachable shores. The battle was a maelstrom of chaos, each individual a microcosm of the larger conflict that raged around them. The followers of Alexander, emboldened by their belief in a higher calling, clashed with the resistance fighters, who saw in every advance a threat to their very essence as human beings. In the observatory, a bastion of scientific inquiry perched under the watchful eye of the cosmos, Dr. Mark Evans and Dr. Sarah Jennings were locked in a race against time and against the unfathomable influence of Vortex. The chaos unfolding in the field, where ideologies clashed with violent fervor, underscored the urgency of their mission. They needed to act, and quickly, if there was any hope of preventing further escalation. Surrounded by the hum of computers and the faint glow of starlight filtering through the dome, Mark and Sarah worked with a frenetic energy. Their plan, born out of desperation and scientific acumen, was to create a counter-signal. Using the observatory's sophisticated equipment, they aimed to broadcast a frequency that would disrupt the comet's mysterious influence on human minds. The idea was groundbreaking, teetering on the edge of what was scientifically possible. They theorized that the counter-signal, much like a jamming frequency, could interfere with the particles emitted by vortex. The goal was to create a form of cognitive shielding, a way to protect the human mind from further alteration. However, the plan was not without its risks. The exact effects of the counter-signal were unknown, and the potential for unintended consequences loomed large. As Mark calibrated the observatory's powerful transmitters, aligning them to the precise coordinates of Vortex, Sarah monitored the data, her eyes flicking between screens filled with complex algorithms and simulations. They worked in tandem, their movements a dance of urgency and precision. The weight of their decision hung heavily in the air. They were about to attempt something that could alter the course of human history, for better or worse. Outside, the battle continued unabated. Every shout and clash from the field served as a poignant echo in the observatory, a stark contrast to the silent, unyielding presence of the comet in the sky. Mark and Sarah's plan was a gamble, a shot in the dark at a target that was as elusive as it was dangerous. But as the minutes ticked by and the sounds of conflict reached a fever pitch, the necessity of their action became ever more apparent. They were fighting for the future of humanity in a world where the line between human and alien influence had become dangerously blurred. In the tense atmosphere of the observatory, Mark and Sarah watched with bated breath as the culmination of their efforts neared fruition. The counter-signal, a product of their combined scientific expertise and desperate hope, was ready. Mark, his hand steady despite the turmoil in his heart, initiated the sequence. 
the observatory, usually a silent witness to the cosmic ballet, roared to life as the signal burst forth. A defiant challenge to the comet vortex. The countersignal, an invisible wave of disruption sped through the void, bridging the gap between Earth and the comet. On the battlefield, the effect was instantaneous and profound. Combatants, locked in a struggle fueled by fear and fervor, faltered mid-action. It was as if an invisible hand had pressed pause on the chaos. Soldiers and followers alike stopped, confusion etching their faces. Weapons slipped from hands, and angry shouts dwindled into uncertain murmurs. The trance that had gripped them, the invisible puppeteer pulling at their strings, was suddenly gone. Across the globe, the impact of the counter-signal rippled through communities and cities. Individuals who had been under the sway of Vortex's influence found themselves abruptly freed from the comet's intangible grasp. It was as though a fog had been lifted, allowing them to see and think clearly for the first time since the comet's arrival. In the observatory, Mark and Sarah watched the monitors closely, tracking the counter-signal's effect on Vortex. To their astonishment, the comet itself began to react. Vortex, which had maintained a steady, ominous path around Earth, started to deviate. Its icy core dimmed as it slowly altered its trajectory, moving away from Earth. The comet's retreat was as mysterious as its arrival, leaving behind a world forever changed. Its departure raised as many questions as its presence had. Was the comet a conscious entity, reacting to humanity's defiance? Or was the shift in its path a mere coincidence, unrelated to the efforts of Mark, Sarah, and the Resistance? Regardless of the reason, Vortex's withdrawal marked a turning point. The immediate crisis had been averted, but the repercussions of its visitation would ripple through human society for years to come. The comet, a harbinger of change and catalyst for conflict, left a legacy that humanity would grapple with, even in its absence. In the wake of Vortex's departure, a sense of relief washed over a world teetering on the brink of irreversible change. However, this relief was tinged with the profound realization that the Earth and its inhabitants would never be the same. The comet's brief sojourn in Earth's vicinity had left indelible marks, both literal and metaphorical, on the design of human existence. Communities and individuals, from sprawling cities to remote villages, grappled with the aftermath of Vortex's influence. The comet's departure did not erase the memories it had altered or the knowledge it had imparted. People found themselves in possession of advanced understanding in various scientific and technological fields, a gift that was as bewildering as it was miraculous. This sudden proliferation of knowledge promised to propel human civilization forward, but also posed daunting ethical and philosophical questions. Simultaneously, the loss of personal memories, replaced by alien visions, left many feeling disconnected from their pasts. It was as if parts of their very identities had been erased, supplanted by experiences from a world they had never physically visited. The psychological impact of this loss varied, with some finding it a source of deep anguish, while others embraced their new perspectives as a form of rebirth. The conflict between the Children of Vortex and the Resistance had also left its scars, 
Ideological battles had spilled over into physical confrontations, leaving a legacy of hurt that went beyond physical injuries. Relationships had been strained, communities divided, and trust eroded. Reconciliation and healing would be a long process, necessitating dialogue and understanding in a world still reeling from its brush with the cosmic unknown. In this landscape of recovery and introspection, Jenna found solace and expression in her art. Her studio had become a sanctuary where she processed the tumultuous events that had unfolded. Her paintings evolved, reflecting the profound impact of Vortex's visit. They were no longer just abstract expressions or landscapes inspired by alien dreams. They became a fusion of both, a blend of human and extraterrestrial elements. Each canvas was a dialogue between the familiar and the alien, a visual narrative of the journey humanity had undergone. Jenna's art captured the admiration of the celestial encounter, the perplexity of altered memories, and the anticipation for a future where these experiences might be integrated into a new understanding of human potential. Her exhibitions drew crowds, individuals who saw in her paintings a reflection of their own altered realities. Jenna's work resonated with a populace seeking to make sense of their experiences, offering a form of catharsis. In the aftermath of Vortex's departure, a period of uncertainty and introspection gripped the world. While many saw the comet's exit as the end of a bewildering chapter, for others, it was merely a pause, a temporary withdrawal in a larger cosmic narrative. Among these believers were the children of Vortex, who, far from diminishing in the wake of the comet's departure, experienced a surprising resurgence. Alexander, the charismatic leader of the cult, emerged from the chaos of the confrontation with the Resistance as a figure of even greater influence. With Vortex gone, he spun a new narrative, one that painted the comet's departure not as a retreat, but as a strategic withdrawal a necessary step in its grand design for humanity. According to Alexander, Vortex's brief visit was merely a prelude, a preparation for a grander return that would usher in the true transformation of mankind. This message, delivered with Alexander's characteristic charisma and conviction, found fertile ground in a world still reeling from the comet's impact. The uncertainty and unexplained phenomena left in Vortex's wake made his assertions alluring to those seeking answers and a sense of purpose in the new status quo. The cult's gatherings, once held in secret, now grew more public and bold. The Children of Vortex organized rallies and meetings, disseminating their beliefs through social media and word of mouth. They spoke of the comet's return as an inevitability, a cosmic event for which humanity needed to prepare. Their rhetoric was a blend of apocalyptic warnings and utopian promises, a message that resonated with many who felt adrift in the post-Vortex world. As their numbers swelled, the children of Vortex began to organize more structured activities. They set up community centers, offered lectures and workshops on the comet's significance, and even started outreach programs all aimed at spreading their message and preparing for Vortex's prophesied return. Their influence began to extend beyond their immediate followers, seeping into popular culture and public discourse. Alexander, 
at the center of this revival, became a polarizing figure. To his followers, he was a visionary, a prophet who had foreseen the comet's impact and would lead them into the next phase of human evolution. To his detractors, he was a dangerous fanatic, a charismatic leader who preyed on the fears and hopes of a vulnerable populace. Despite the skepticism and opposition from many quarters, including the remnants of the resistance and various scientific communities, the children of Vortex's belief in the comet's return persisted. Their conviction was unshaken by the absence of tangible evidence, driven instead by a faith that transcended empirical proof. In the revival of the children of Vortex, the legacy of the comet lived on, a legacy that continued to shape the course of human history in unpredictable and profound ways.